0: Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. The world is left to wonder. Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on earth did that happen?
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by our friends at Bet365. My name is Michael Leboff. I am your host for today's episode, which will cover the 16 upcoming games in the Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday. And in a moment, I'll also introduce you to my friends and co-hosts, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. But before we get those two gentlemen in to break down what should be an interesting slate of matches in the Champions League, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented to you by Bet365, and Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes every sport should be epic from every tournament to every game to every point to every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you set up today with code action and you'll get 365 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just one dollar whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 you must be 21 or older and you must be present in colorado iowa kentucky new jersey ohio or virginia and if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. BJ Anthony, let's get to it. 16 games to go over. whole lot of ramifications. Uh, I would say that the one we're going to lead off with is maybe the headliner for, for both days. You can maybe make an argument that uh, a game on Wednesday that will lead off with Uh, For those eight matches is is the headliner. But PSG and Newcastle, the group of death, still up for grabs. Uh, PSG hosting the Magpies after uh, Newcastle came back uh, into form with a win over Chelsea over the weekend. PSG still, though, odds on, minus 163 at home. The Magpies traveling at plus 425. And the draw here is plus 300 BJ. You and I look to be on the same side here. I, I think Newcastle is worth a shot. Um, injury issues aside, like they they look really really good in that second half, especially against Chelsea. There, I guess you can be concerned that the, the squad's just going to be stretched thin. You know, now turning around and playing in a couple days later, but uh, plus four twenty five on Newcastle's, where nothing to thumb your nose at. I don't think
0: this is the famous four one win from Newcastle. They destroyed PSG at Saint James Park because something that we talked about going into it was PSG. With Luis, Luis Enrique, they're going to build out of the back. They're not going to send the ball long. They're not going to play direct. And Newcastle destroyed them with their physicality and their high pressing. Now, in the end, the pass per defensive action and the high pressing numbers really weren't indicative of essentially what happened. But Newcastle was very, very good in their mid-block. Again, a lot of great transition opportunities going forward. Now, the question is: is, can they repeat that on the road in Paris? I think they can, given the current situation of personnel available. The lineup they played against Chelsea is not that far off from the usual lineup we see week in and week out from Newcastle. What was so great about that match against Chelsea is because of the international break and because they had all their personnel available, they started pressing again from their 4-3-3 instead of a 4-5-1, more passive mid-block type. And that's how they really destroyed Chelsea and caused a lot of problems. Now, they can do that again. And from a price standpoint, this is too high on PSG, quite frankly. I know they've been in great form in Ligue 1. I know that, you know, Kylian Mbappe can can wreck this game on the left side of the pitch. But given the way that Newcastle beat up Chelsea, what they've done to PSG uh, in the first meeting, I know it's Newcastle on the road, which is a much different animal than Newcastle at home. But, I mean, this team is still in the top four in the Premier League and expect a goal differential. Like, they still should be priced towards a team like... Liverpool and Arsenal, they should not be priced uh, essentially this far down against PSG. So uh, I do like Newcastle plus one. Best price you can find on that is minus 122 right now. Again, what they did is definitely repeatable here on the road because Luis Enrique and PSG are not going to change. They are going to build out of the back and Newcastle can beat them up once again. So Newcastle plus one, minus 122 for me.
2: Yeah. And you touched on it. The, the numbers for PSG right now are they're sparkling, right? Like they've mm-hmm. uh, won six on the spin in Ligon, And if you go back in, in, in over the last month and a half ish, um, they've scored th- at least three goals in all but one match. And that's a span of eight matches. The only one that they didn't score three was the 2-1 loss to Milan, which threw this entire group into chaos, right? Like the the 2-1 loss for PSG. Here's how this group sets up, the group of death. It looked like it wasn't going to live up to its billing um, through the first uh, three matches, but all of a sudden now every team is is more than alive. Newcastle's at the foot with four points. Um, Milan is uh, in third place with five. PSG at six points. And then Dortmund, as we all uh, expected, are in first place. They've scored three goals in the competition two three goals scored two goals allowed Dortmund still at the top of the table with seven points any any team could end up in any situation uh in the group death which you know that's you can't really say that about any other group in this uh in during this group stages which has been uh lacking drama outside of uh a select few groups and I do wonder actually if if this the onus for for Newcastle they need to win I think PSG is probably going to be a little more conservative, even at home, um, in in the nitty gritty of the match. If if it's still in in the balance, because because they could essentially uh, they could feel confident about their spot. I, I, you you'd want them to win. They they got to go to Dortmund uh, to finish the the group stage. But I think the fact that Newcastle has to be a little more aggressive actually helps them because what has been our criticism about them uh, all season, Anthony, is. Just take more chances. They, they're, sometimes they're too pragmatic. They, they try to shut things down way too early. And if they could be a little bit more front-footed, uh, this could be a dangerous team that could basically play with anybody in Europe.
1: Well, that's the big question, right? Because it hasn't translated into Europe. If you just real, pull up the raw XG difference, uh, they are the worst team in this group so far. And I think coming into the group, we all would have agreed they're probably second best on paper. And the betting markets had them as the second favorite. So you know it's a tiny sample. It's four matches. One of those matches, the one against Dortmund uh, two weeks ago, they had a very short-handed team with basically no attackers. So how much do you read into that? I personally think that I would lean with you guys here. The biggest thing about the road match uh, or the home match again was that Mbappe got so isolated. I mean, he was barely a factor uh, for large stretches of that match uh, because. PSG just never got the ball, progressed far enough to consistently get the ball to him as the outlet, and they they were not going long. Like when they when we watch France play, like it's so many long balls to Mbappe, as just like forget the midfield, we're going to bypass that. That's not how Enrique is going to set them up. So it certainly makes them vulnerable. I am uh, leaning Newcastle. I want to dig a little bit more into the Milan match for Pia, for Newcastle because that's the one that really puzzles me uh, when they went to. Milan and got a nil-nil draw but yeah. got completely smoked and really should have lost um, because when you have two consecutive terrible away performances in Europe it does raise a red flag I don't know that you know we're probably overreacting to it but it is notable and um, something I want to dig more into and I will have a preview for this match uh, coming up uh, in the Action Network app El Gassico round two <laughs> uh, so stay tuned to the app and uh, I'll have a bet as well but I, I have to build the courage to get to, to plus one here i do show a little bit of value on newcastle so it's clearly the side for me uh, i just don't know uh, if i'm gonna fire the other uh
2: group group f matches milan and dortmund this one in italy uh milan is plus 100 at home dortmund traveling at plus 260 and the draw also at plus 260 and i think that the the most telling thing about dortmund is is in in your mind, when you think about Dortmund, especially in Europe, it's a swashbuckling, exciting team. A lot of young talent. Everyone's like, for people like me or, uh, I guess you know Anthony, and uh, right now with Tottenham not in the Champions League, I feel like a lot of just general soccer fans default to Dortmund as the team they want to root for because they're not one of the you know the prestige clubs. They're not PSG, and uh, it, it ends up being like a. a a hobby team for everybody. That's just not what's happened uh, with, with this team like that to a neutral. This has been a, a, a team that's just turning games into rock fights and it's been effective for them because, you know, as they've not been very good in the Bundesliga this season. Um, And somehow they're Terrible. in the pole position in the group of death here in, in, uh, in the champions league. And I kind of want to bet them here. Cause I just, I don't think Milan really f- frightens me and not the type of team that I think profiles very well as a favorite, even at home, uh, given their an offense that I think is could sputter at times, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the number maybe need, would need to be a little bit higher for me on Dortmund. Uh, but it would it would absolutely be the German side or pass for me, Anthony.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, no, Liao is a huge issue, uh, and neither him nor Drew played against Fiorentina in a game that ended just. It was a, just a terrible soccer match. Uh, ended 1-0 to Milan, really didn't have much going on in the match. And you just kind of see the difference when he's not out there, just how little this attack creates. Now, they kind of had to go for it, right, at home against PSG. Even in that match, which they won, they were outcreated on expected goals. You know, the early um, set pieces played a role in that. I, I really don't know what to do with either of these teams. I'm struggling with it from a perspective of, like, Dortmund's defense is so bad. And and it was on display. I mean, they went down 2-0 to Gladbach and could have easily conceded 3 or 4. They got destroyed at Stuttgart. Like, this team has not been defending in the Bundesliga. And then they come to Europe, and they're still not really defending. Like, they got away with it against PSG because PSG had a really poor match. But, like, PSG still put up over 2XG. Milan got to 1.5 against them, even though they didn't score... They got to play Newcastle, when Newcastle was really short-handed, right? So I think Dortmund has kind of benefited from that. Now, the question is, what does Milan do from an approach perspective here? Dortmund is, you know, atop the group. A point would be great for them. You know, Milan has to go to Newcastle on the final day. So I think this is kind of an all-in spot for Milan where they have to take more chances. But when Milan does have to expand more, their defense doesn't hold up. Their defense is good when they're able to be very passive, and very defensive and not commit numbers forward. But when Liao isn't there, it actually hurts their defense because they have to commit more numbers forward, and then they go and give up a bunch of chances uh, as a result of that. So I think there's some real questions about this total, and I think it's probably a touch low. But then again, betting Milan overs with Liao out is a scary proposition. So I lean to the over here. Um, I do not show value on it, but again, like I think that if anything – you know, Milan has to go for this. Dortmund's happy to go back and forth with them. And the Dortmund defense continues to just leak goals left and right. So uh, I think there are goals in this game.
0: And that's what happened in the first match against PSG, right? Because they only had one point. They hadn't scored yet in the Champions League. And then they decided to man-mark press PSG, and they just got Mbappe repeatedly over and over again. And yes, they went for it again against PSG. And like Anthony said, it was pretty close unexpected goals, and they won the match. But <sighs> I'm with Anthony. I really want to bet an over here. But I cannot do it without layout right now. So, uh, yeah, that just over or nothing for me. If layout plays, I'll probably be on the over. But if not, yeah, it looks
1: like he's still out.
0: Yeah. So unfortunately, probably gonna have to pass on this one.
1: I mean, Dorman still. Ha- I mean, like they've been playing Bino Gittens more. Uh, he was really good. Like the Dorman is still a good attacking side. Uh, they figured out, you know, some of their ball progression issues uh, on-, on the road. Like they have not been good. Uh, in Champions League, defensively on the road either. So I mean, they're good anywhere. But uh, two and a half minus one fifteen is going to stare at me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I you know lost on the Milan under both matches <laughs> against PSG, and now if I come back on an over and say like they have to go for this, they're probably going to shut it down. But uh, this Dortmund totals at two and a half against competent teams just seem crazy to me right now.
2: Yeah, and and you try not to read too much into the the situational spots at all, but know yeah, Dortmund could like you said they could just uh, try to shut it down I mean it's against their DNA they're not right they're, they're yeah they're not, they're not it's like against it their DNA but it's it and to but that's the point I'm trying to make is like they could come out with a conservative approach and it could just be a mess an absolute mess so
1: yeah I think Milan sends I think Milan takes more risks here I think they have to
0: they, I mean, they do they have. yeah
1: they don't win this match. They're they're. I mean, they're going to need a result the final day and uh, going, going to Newcastle. To, yeah, uh, they're going to be you know,
0: that Newcastle match goal. could be incredible given the situation that uh, potentially. Yeah, yeah, the final
1: day in this group has a potential. Yeah. I mean, I'm rooting as a neutral. I'm rooting for PSG to uh, get a win, and I guess uh, rooting for. I guess I can't root for Newcastle and PSG to get a win. So maybe both matches draw. Yeah, well, that's and what I was saying. If you're if day. you're
2: rooting for KS, it's draw draw, because um, mm-hmm. that just keeps everything status quo going into the final day.
1: Uh, and then we'd have you would have Newcastle at home with a chance to flip it on Milan yep. and the mm-hmm. PSG at Dortmund. Right. And then we'd have PSG Dortmund playing out like a really cagey match where like they could both in theory go through yep. if they, if they like drew the,
2: the disgrace of <laughs> disgrace of Guillaume. I have a, I have a ticket from that game and from the world cup in 1982 in Spain.
1: It's very Darren Revelle. Yeah.
2: I, I won't, I won't, I won't say who got me, uh, who got me thinking about buying that ticket when I fin- and I finally saw it on eBay. Um. Anyways, enough about the disgrace of Guillon. On to uh, Feyenoord and Atleti, our boys. Oh boy, Anthony's mm-hmm. boys. And Anthony finally's come around. Uh, on Diego Simeone and Los Colchoneros. <laughs> it's taken forever.
1: Best expected goal difference in Spain right now.
0: They're unbelievable. Yep. They are defense so good. Is good right now. They
2: are uh uh-huh. go pull it up you could put them in the NBA I think they make the playoffs
0: uh, uh, <laughs> you can put them in the big Ten West and they'll for sure. <laughs> uh you, you guys you love your you love the Nord
2: uh, this game's a pick 'em. it's once plus 162 like negligible favorites for the Dutch side at home uh, the fighting Simeone's traveling at plus 160 in the jaws plus 250 so Anthony, is our resident Atletico Madrid fan? Uh, why, uh, why don't you think this number is, is actionable on uh, Feyenoord?
1: Well, I do think Atletico is a better team. So, like for me to bet uh, the better, the better, the worst team at a pick even though they're at home, like it, it does take some courage. And so, I don't think the number is great. Like I think the market has kind of caught on to Nord. Like we got a couple really good Nord spots early in this group. They pounced and trounced Lazio at home. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, now they're a pick them at Lazio. That's probably right. I still bet it anyway. Cause I hate Lazio so much. I love I, I, th- This one is a little tougher for me uh, with Feyenoord at home. They are still defensively flawed. And uh, you know, if you go back and look at like what happened in the first match, uh, Feyenoord completely controlled all of the midfield exchanges. They uh, had way more attacking penalty area touches. They controlled the flow of the match, but there were just like one or two defensive errors where Atleti still has really high quality attackers, Murata and Griezmann, that they can just pounce on those, take their chances, and laugh as, as they win this match. But overall, like, you definitely won't be getting me betting Madrid here. If you look at the numbers from that first match, it was 2.4 expected goals, 2.8. Uh, there, there was an own goal in there that they, they flipped for for Feyenoord. But the, the, the stat that I like here, attacking penalty area touches 31 for Feyenoord, 11 for Atleti, and Feyenoord did not have their best player in that match in Santi Jimenez. So this is like only Feyenoord, and I will probably end up betting them just because I want to ride with my boys. They have uh, continued to just absolutely be a truck in in uh, in the what from an underlying perspective. So, you know, for me, uh, I'm, I'm really tempted to just back them again because I just want to keep betting them, and it's fun. Even even the loss against Lazio, like one breakaway chance, Feyenoord created most of the other chances. They had a, a, a good opportunity late to equalize Um uh, and, it, you know, from a again, from an attacking penalty area touches perspective, Feyenoord once again had more of them. So they were able to be, progress the ball pretty comfortably in Lazio's penalty area and in Atleti's penalty area. They've been taking apart these big five league teams.
2: Uh, yeah. It's really hard to, to jump in front of this team right now, though. Who, who would want to yeah. jump in front of a team? They've, they've lost twice all season, uh, Atleti. Um, once that Los Palmas, who, of course, are quickly becoming one of the best teams yeah. in all of Europe. Um, but yeah, i got nothing here. I'm, I'm just, my heart, you know where my heart will be, BJ.
0: Yeah, so the Atletico defense has really been improving, though. I know they haven't played difficult competition, but we're going on seven straight matches of allowing under one expected goal. Essentially, since that five-hour match, socia's is the only team that's created over one expected goal against them. The defense has really, really improved for Atletico. And they destroyed Celtic because of a red card. You know, Celtic obviously didn't get an a, a expected goal in the match because of the, of the early red card. But like Anthony mentioned, the attacking players for Atletico right now are just in crazy good form. That even though I do like Feyenoord, I'm just you know, I have we all have the two advanced tickets. So honestly, I think I'm just going to ride that into the final day against Celtic uh, for Feyenoord. So it's cool. a it's an easy pass for me, quite frankly.
2: Uh all right, let's talk about Celtic there. Plus five hundred underdogs traveling to Lazio. Let's uh, not minus one eighty eight nah, on the Italian I, side. You're I hate this. I hate this so much.
1: The market came down. Actually, I hate this so much. It's taken some Celtic money, and like I agree with it, but I'm not betting it. Why not? No, well, Bj can go more into the injury situation, but uh, like the red card situation from the suspension from last match. The idea that like they're they're drawing completely dead in this group now, mm-hmm. like there's not really anything to play for. Yeah.
2: You know they get a they get a some help from from uh, Simeone and a win here, they could still get it to the Europa League. Yeah, but like
1: when Feyenoord wins, they're yeah. dead. Yeah, if if
0: if if. I mean, their chance against Lazio was was at Celtic Park, and they couldn't do it. So um,
1: they, I mean, they should have won that match. They should
0: have won it, but now we got No Rio Hatate, who's. Essentially, their best midfielder, Maeda, starting left winger out, starting right winger, Abada is also out. So it's pretty barren in terms of their attack. And I know lots. I hate Lazio, and I really want to bet against them here. And I think that the price is a little too inflated. But three of your best players being out for this match is really concerning. So I'm I'm passing. Whatever. Just let let Sari and Lazio get into the round of sixteen, and we can pummel them there.
2: Uh. Right. Let's uh, change to another or the Europa League. Team. Excuse me. We don't want them. We don't want
0: them in the round of 16. No, we won't see them there. Don't worry.
2: Yeah. They might get
1: there
0: though. Yeah. We don't want, I'm, excuse me. We don't want them there. We want them in the Europa League so we can bet uh, some other team against them.
2: Uh, On to group G, which is, uh, could go down as see the, the most boring group in, in championship <laughs> history. It, it, it projected like that. It's played out like that. Cities at top. They're through. Uh, perfect record four wins and uh no draws or losses 12 goals scored three against um it's just how it goes uh leipzig also threw three wins no draws and a loss and these two teams wouldn't you know are meeting at the etihad um with basically zero stakes you could argue that leipzig could top the group um but they're not gonna catch city um in goal differentials.
1: Uh, if they won this by two goals, uh I think are three goals, they would they would be in, they have to win by three at the Etihad to flip the head to right. head. So get your get your minus two and a yeah, half bolts yeah, yeah. in.
2: Yeah or exact scores. Three nothings, four ones, five twos, get them in. Um and that's assuming Red Star doesn't
0: just Yeah, I don't think any why would you play anybody did, in this game? Either on. team Why would either team play anybody yeah. in this game? I mean they will. Because yeah, it's uh, you know because you they do. but uh yeah it's I mean, I like the under – you can get 3.5 at under minus 150, which I think is – I like the draw. Same, same reason. Yeah, same thing. I mean, City against Liverpool, they went and tried to control the match. They didn't play super aggressively. And there's a couple of things that I think Pep will kind of go back to doing and trying to get more game control is that, first off, John Stones on the is on the bench, which is very crucial for City in their buildup because they like to invert him into the center part of the pitch, and he's so good at that role – but Akanji played that role really, really well against Liverpool. So now Pep has two options of game control in the middle of the pitch. The other thing is, I think you'll see Jack Grealish start this match because Pep knows that Leipzig is a team that can hurt you on the counter like very, very quickly. That's how they scored their only goal against City in the previous one. So mm-hmm. Grealish, as opposed to Doku, is much better at ball retention, much better at keeping the ball, whereas Doku is just gets the ball and just flies right at you, which he can cause so many problems, and he wrecks games, but he also loses the ball quite a bit, which causes teams to go in transition. So I think you'll see a much very measured approach here from City trying to control this match, trying to play through the middle of the pitch. But I think Leipzig offensively is kind of stuck here because they want Mm -hmm. to play a 4-2-2-2 and play through the center of the pitch, and City is not going to allow them to do that. So unless they get like they did with Opendo for the only goal in the previous meeting, that's all they got, though. So I, and if they don't get that in this meeting, I don't really see how they're going to score. So under 3.5, best price you can find is minus 145 right now. I only projected 2.3, and I thought I was a little low, and then I kind of went and looked into it a little more. Leipzig offensively has been just so, so overperforming in the Bundesliga. I mean, they're over... 10 goals over there, what they should be expected to score. So, um, yeah, I think you'll see City control this match. Leipzig's going to struggle to score here. So, under three and a half, minus 145.
1: I'm just worried City could run away with this. They could. I can't I'm saying that because I bet Leipzig <clears throat> the last three meetings uh, in this series and lost two of them. But, like, the, the first match was not competitive at all. No. Uh, you know, I had a Leipzig ticket, it, it, they took a ton of money uh closed plus a half when they were open plus one. It was the wrong side. And I lost 3-1 and, of course, two late goals. But, like, from a matchup perspective, this Leipzig team was significantly less competitive than last year's team. And I think a lot of it had to do with uh, just Guardiola. His absence, I thought, played a huge role here. And he yeah. And, and when you look at, like, the difference this year, um... We talked about like Leipzig being just as good and replacing the talent with other talent that could fit well. It hasn't quite come off for their attacking numbers. I mean, they're way down, and we said earlier this year, and I, I think I said this on the Thursday show, like we I gave them a pass because I want to stick to my priors early in the season and say, hey, like you know they they're running really hot, and that's affected some of their game state numbers for the season now, though, like they're barely above average in the Bundesliga. They had a really dominant game uh, against uh, Cologne where they won 6-0 at home. Other than that, they have been a pretty average German team this year. And they have, uh, you know, kind of been a little shaky. Like conceding over 1XG both matches to Red Star is a little concerning. Um, So I I just kind of think City can do whatever they want here. And trying to predict what they might try to do is is, um, a bold one. Now, if this got to 3.5, like minus 120, I would definitely join in on the under.
2: Yeah. I, I I think there's just a good chance that this is just an absolute dud. Um so I don't I don't really hate it. Tottenham
0: coming next?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's you know Liverpool yeah. uh then this dead rubber and then Tottenham on Sunday for for City so. Uh that's enough about that game, honestly. Um mm-hmm. Barcelona and Porto now. This group uh got turned on its head by our friends in Shakhtar uh with with the upset against Barcelona. So nobody's through yet. I think that uh you can feel pretty confident that it's gonna be these two teams playing, but uh mm-hmm. we will see. Uh Barcelona is minus two hundred, uh hosting Porto plus five fifty. The draw is plus three fifty as the table stands right now. Barça at the top on goal differential, but they're tied with Porto uh on points. They actually both have the same uh goal differential, but Barcelona's got the uh Head to head. Um, you, I, I don't know. I don't want to say you've been skeptical. Maybe it's, is it fair to say you've been a little skeptical of Barcelona, Anthony? Um, because the number, I feel like the number on Porto probably is not there yet. An interesting situation with the draw because you'd expect Porto would just want to get that, get one point from, uh, the Camp New and, uh, put themselves in a, in a great spot to, to, to go through, but uh, and maybe that turns this game into a little bit of a rock fight and, and put some value on the under or a draw, but um, I don't really feel... I don't see any reason to lay it with Barcelona, is what I'm saying, Anthony.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think there's some value on the under here because we saw in the first leg that uh, there was not a whole lot happening. Porto got kind of screwed. There was a couple offside moments there uh, where they... Uh, I thought got hosed out of a pen and then got hosed out of a goal uh, with some controversial decisions. I think what we're seeing here is that maybe, maybe I don't want to say this because I've been wrong before writing this guy off, but Lewandowski's numbers are down this year. (laughs) Um, And he's at like 0.5 non penalty XG per 90 in La Liga, which like is pretty good, but like it's not normal Lewandowski and Thus, like the Barca attack, like the wingers just aren't that good. Like, keep in mind what this team lost in mm-hmm. in Dembele, like how good he was last year for them, and the fact that he's not there anymore. The fact they lose Fatih, like all the depth pieces uh, have kind of dropped off this team. And I like Yokai Gunduan, but like he was more of a score big goals guy than like consistently put up elite numbers guy um, from a, like a adding to the attack perspective. So, you know, he's been okay this year for them, but he's not getting a ton of shots. Like his last five matches, he's taken one shot. Um, So there just isn't an overwhelming athleticism advantage that they have over people. It's a lot of stale possession. It's a lot of like, okay, we're going to get it to like Rafinha and hope he does something. Uh, We're going to cross it in a lot to Lewandowski. And they're just not as dynamic as I thought they might be. And the difference is that like the market is pricing them as this elite, elite, team and I still think they're the best team in Spain because like Real Madrid's defense is so bad but is this attack really good at breaking down low blocks like I'd argue they really haven't been I mean they had less than one xg at, at Viacano they were pretty average against Alaves they've had a lot of games where they've just kind of dragged their way through it and then scored late like Sociedad uh, I didn't think they were great against Bilbao in that win they had that late comeback against Vigo after they were down most of the match. They've had a lot of comebacks. Um, so if Porto comes out and just sits there and plays for the point, uh, a point that would be vital for them because it, it keeps them ahead of Shakhtar. Like, I, I kind of think this game plays out as like a 1-0 or 2-0 or kind of Barca win where like Porto, their attack has, has not been great in this, in, this, uh, in this tournament at all. But it, it will be interesting to see if, uh, if they can replicate it. Like, they they can get a bunch of breakaway chances, but their, their underlying numbers and attack are pretty average. So I lean to the under here. I want the three. You know, BJ's taking the under anyway. Mm. I think it's high.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing and with Barcelona. And they have been so bad in transition defense this year. They're dead last in final third of box entry conversion yep. right allowed. And – Essentially what happens is when you try to overload the last line of defense, that's all great and wonderful. But when you don't have good transition defenders to defend teams that can get at you like that, it's a problem. And Porto, I know they only put up 0.7 XG, but they were continually wrecking Barcelona in transition. Like Koundé basically saved one from uh, going in the back of the net. Uh, It was was not a good performance from Barcelona. But what I will say now, which I think is huge for Barcelona – is Frankie de Jong is finally healthy and back into the lineup. He is somebody who can control the pace and control the tempo of a match better than most midfielders in the entire world. So him being in the team, it makes Barcelona much, much better in build-up play and is, quite frankly, they're less susceptible to those transition-type attacks when they're playing Gundogan, Gabi, and Romeo, trying to build up through that. Yeah. So... It's a it's a decent situation here for Barcelona now now, I don't think they're going to go and you know suddenly just start breaking out Porto's low block. It's very interesting though, Mike, because these two teams are tied with the same goal differential in this group. Uh, So uh, things could get wonky on the final day. Uh, We'll see
1: if if Porto wins. Yeah, Porto Porto wins.
0: You got to 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 win. win, Excuse me, Um, but. You know, Porto had a pretty bad showing right before the international break, uh, giving up over two expected goals to Vitoria uh, in Portugal. But again, nobody's created. Uh, Barcelona is the only team that's created over one expected goal against them in this group. So the defense is still there. They're going to play the four four two passive low block. So I do like under two and a half goals at plus 120. One thing to look out for, uh, Verstegen is questionable for this match. From everything that I've read – it looks like that they were just saving him, like they didn't play him against Viacano, and it looks like they were saving him for this yeah. match, which would obviously be massive because the the drop off between him and the backup keeper is uh, pretty big. So, uh, yeah, I do like under two and a half goals at plus one twenty. I would love three. I don't know if we're getting there, but I think De Jong being in the in the team is huge for Barcelona in slowing down the tempo of this match. And I think you'll, like Anthony said, you're just going to see a lot of stale possession in this one.
2: Okay. Uh, Let's wrap up Tuesday with uh, a quick, quick look at uh, Shakhtar and Antwerp. Shakhtar is uh, nominally still uh, alive in this group. They are minus 106 hosting Antwerp, uh, plus 280, and the draw is plus 260. Um, And then Young Boys and and Red Star Belgrade with Young Boys as a plus 105 favorite and Belgrade traveling at plus 230. That's a a Europa League decider, which is a big deal for, for those two teams. Anything on either of
0: these two matches, BJ? Red Star. Red (laughs) Star, Red Star, Red Star. This is a crazy line. I don't get this at all. Uh, The previous match was pretty chaotic, very back and forth. 2.6 expected goals created between the two, or both teams created 2.6 expected goals. But Red Star had two goals called out due to offsides. One was by a freaking toenail. And for whatever reason, Young Boys was playing an incredibly high line against them, and Red Star is a team that can hit you quickly in transition. They showed that against City. They showed that against Leipzig, putting up over one expected goal in both of those matches as well. And from a mathematical perspective, nobody is overperforming more in Europe than Young Boys right now. They have a plus 1.22 actual goal differential in the Swiss Super League, expected goal differential of plus 006 it is insane how much they're all performing Red Star continually putting up great expected goals numbers in Serbia, over- averaging over two expected goals per 90. So I don't get this one. I mean, these two countries from a UEFA coefficient perspective are pretty even. So if I'm getting a team that essentially, by underlying numbers, performing over a goal better than the other, I have to take them plus a half at minus 130. And I'm going to be on the money line as well because – They were the better team in the first leg. I mean, Young Boys had a penalty in there, and it was basically just one transition opportunity that they scored on. They had a couple other chances late when they were already up 2-1, but Red Star was by far the better team. So I like them plus a half and minus 130, and then also on the money line.
2: All right, uh, and now we'll go on to Wednesday, which looks like a a much more uh, betting-friendly slate. But before we do that, a word from our friends at Caldera Lab. The holiday season is right around the corner and things are about to get busy. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. One minute in the morning and one minute at night is all you need for clearer skin. These guys are the best in the skincare game. And with an easy routine, will keep your face looking fresh no matter your schedule and no matter how many horrible soccer teams you bet on. Uh, Thank you to Everton. Um, this weekend, they're, they're the Caldera Lab team of the weekend. Uh, it's just three steps every morning. You can start it with the clean slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day, the base layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin, and number three, the good, which is an eye serum you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. So join the 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self this holiday season. And just for our listeners, we have an exclusive deal. Use the code goal at Caldera for 20% off right now. That's 20% off with the code goal at Caldera lab.com. Make an unforgettable first impression with Caldera lab Wednesday. You know what that means? We're going to Turkey boys <laughs> and we're taking Manchester United with us. Uh, we'll talk more about that Everton match on, on
1: uh, the Thursday morning episode. Uh, Three different people sent me the XG philosophy tweet at halftime, which was like, Everton, 0, 1.15 XG. Man United, 1, 0.04 XG. And I'm like, (laughs) that sounds about right. Yeah, And uh, yeah, you know, good teams finish better. The motivational spot of the year. And they they were dead in four minutes because Garnacho scored a Galazzo. It was fun. But you know what? This is, um, you know, if you follow us in the app, BJ and I bet this like weeks ago. Uh, Because for some odd reason, United opened even money. That is no longer the line. They are now an underdog. Uh, I don't really have a ton to say about this match that I haven't already said about Galatasaray and Man United on every episode of this show, every time we do the Champions League pod. You know where my opinion is. For the sake of brevity, welcome to hell, Man United. (laughs) Marcus Rashford is suspended. Yep, Hoyland is doubtful. So, like, that's a problem. Uh, but it's not a problem if carnacho does another bike again so <laughs> keep that in mind uh for for your betting habits you know when the team scores a bike against you you're probably not gonna win but yeah i mean Gala's been better in this group they have better underlying numbers they're healthier and they're at home and it's a hell of a place to play so
0: iron um, found that Gala.
1: I still think they're fine as a pickup as a pickup I wouldn't lay juice but like I'm, as a pickup I like them
2: yeah. I, I I don't think that there's really much more we need to add. We've we've talked about it's it's weird. We've kind of talked about the this match, even though we were talking <laughs> about other matches, uh, whether it was Bayern versus Galatasaray or uh, when they played Copenhagen, Copenhagen. It was like we were just basically yeah. talking about their their two matches against Man United. Um,
1: both teams to score first half, maybe. Yeah, I,
2: well, I mean, it's gonna get nuts. I think that you can feel pretty yeah you know, pretty confident that this one just should go. In a million different directions.
0: That's why I like over three goals, even money. I think it's... uh, Even without Rashford? Even without Rashford. I mean, this match devolved into complete chaos right away at Old Trafford. And I don't really see a scenario of how it's not going to do that once again. Because United continually struggles defending long balls. It's been a problem. And Galatasaray was just able to repeatedly throw one ball, long ball, out to the wide side of the pitch and just completely dice through whatever defensive pressing structure that united had united has no game control because they have no midfielders right now so it's going to create a very back and forth transitional open match and yes even without rashford even without hoyland i do think that martial and garnacho can provide enough offensive threat to get out of galatasaray defense that has still been really bad i know we love them but their defense has been terrible They've allowed over two expected goals to, to Bayern in both meetings, and what over two expected goals to United uh, in the previous meeting as well. So uh, over three and even money for me, I think it's far too short.
2: Yeah, I uh, I think that it's it's a fun game to. First of all, I like uh, I like our boys Galatasaray. I think uh, it's also a fun game to to live bet. I think that the over is just always going to be in play. Um, and I should also set up just the way that this, this group is, <laughs> Oh, it's just so perfectly set up for, for disappointment for either us or Manchester United that Bayern's run away with it. They're, uh, four, oh 0 with 12 points. So they don't matter to us. And then Copenhagen fresh off of their ridiculous, uh, win, uh, against United are uh, four points. So they're technically in second, but they're tied with Galatasaray and then, uh, United at three so any of these three teams could easily get through um and it's a it's a must win for United like it is (laughs) they're the team that has to to deal with Bayern at the uh in the final match day and I know it's, it's a dead rubber for for Bayern
0: because they're they're through but they also have this really long win streak, though, going on that I don't think they're going to want to end, Michael. <laughs> and that's the problem. And if you're telling – if they have an opportunity to knock out United yeah. completely in this competition, they're going to do it. At, at Old Trafford? Oh, yeah. They'll do it. You don't think Harry Kane will be motivated to do it? Yeah, right. It's, it's
2: All right. So we we know where we're going that one. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go to Bayern. I actually – I'm tempted by Copenhagen here. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do it. Number numbers
1: stinks. <laughs> the, the number implies rotation. I mean, Byron laid two to Copenhagen on the road. And, like, they played bad. And, like, you have to downgrade them. And we've obviously upgraded Copenhagen con- considerably since then. But, like, is it enough that now we're, like, two is too much at home? I don't know who's playing who's, for who's gonna play? If Kane sits, then, yeah, i love yeah. to. Is Kane going to sit?
2: Why would he play? Like, this is... These are the things that I because he's Harry I King, know he never I get did. that,
1: but in my in,
2: it's like the theory of the irrational actor. I'm I'm trying to get into, a, in, in my mind I think it's asinine to play anybody, anybody in this game.
1: He never sat the dead rubbers for Spurs. I know, why? Why? I,
0: he he's has a it. professional athlete I know. who wants to
1: pad his stats. It doesn't matter. Rota- they don't rotate.
0: Yeah, Uncle doesn't. It, rotate I know either. it's nuts. That's not scary. Part two. They got Unyan Berlin on the weekend. They're not going to rotate like.
1: What's the point of rotating? They, they, they may rotate like the wingers, but <laughs> yeah. it's like oh, we're not going to play Sane Gnabry. We're going to play Coman yeah. and Musiala, and I'm yeah. like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> who's better? Are we sure? Yeah. Like, oh, the, we're going to play them a half. Like, no, I get. It. I can't. I can't get to this number. I'm. I'm tempted to lay it. If Bayern puts out a good team, I'll lay it. Maybe maybe look live and see. Like, watch the first ten minutes. See how much they yeah. seem to care.
0: Well, let's. I mean. The question is, is can what... Because Copenhagen was really good in their defensive block against Bayern in the previous one. But that was at Copenhagen. And is that repeatable in this one? Given what I saw in the first 40 minutes against Manchester United, I do not think it is at all. Because did destroy them. So, uh... I yeah I'm just passing whatever. I just feel
1: like we like watched Copenhagen have a couple good matches and we were like, yes, <laughs> like like they're we're all in now and like they're still not great and they still would have lost. we were on the wrong side in the United match 100 percent. yeah, and we got lucky um, that they got the red card and then imploded. but like this defense is still pretty bad. like the, I, I think I'm gonna wait and then look live and then like a 15 minutes in if it's nil nil, but like Byron seems to be up for it. Like lay the goal in a quarter or a goal and a half, live. I
0: don't
2: know. I think I'm gonna play the Copenhagen money line just sprinkle it because I, I just don't. I don't.
0: Copenhagen is the only team to hold Bayern under one expected goal this season. They're under one and a
2: half. I just think they've they've been good enough that. Actually, that's not true, Bj.
0: Oh, Sarbrücken forgot. Sorry. My, bad. Yeah, My, bad. Right. My bad. Yeah, I totally forgot.
2: Um. Yeah, it's just. It. I guess. Maybe. And maybe I'm just reading into. Too much that this game just means absolutely nothing to but, uh but
0: Yeah, they had. What's the win streak at? Is it what at like eighteen right now? Like their last draw was against Atletico like four years ago in the group stage.
1: Yeah. So we were. We, no, no, didn't they huge. tie like twenty twenty one
0: against Atletico? Oh no,
1: maybe they, maybe they lost the XG but won the match. It was one of those. Yeah. Th- it was one of those games where I like complained about a loss. It was a loss, yeah, was a, was a, a a loss in what
2: really matters.
1: Yeah. yeah. My friend and I used to bet XG and not actual goals. Those were the days. Uh, and yes. <laughs> we, would use my, we would use my projections to like create an, an expected goal differential and then bet the XG accordingly in a single game against one another. It was
2: a truly incredible betting experience. Uh, some life uh, you're living. Um, all right. Uh, group <coughs> C, Real Madrid, top of the table. Um, like their friends Bayern, Munich. Four zero and 12 points through. Uh, they are hosting Napoli, who uh, can basically clinch it as well. Um, I, I, these, this group is is pretty boring as well. Uh, Madrid is, is minus one twenty, Napoli plus three twenty on the road, and uh, the draw is plus two seventy five. Like w- w- once again, I, I, I get that Real Madrid wants to, to to top the group, and that so you can. Sh- Squint and see some stakes for them at this game. They're at home, uh, big club coming into town. I love Real Madrid. I love Carlo Ancelotti. I'm, I would love to meet somebody who's who's laying this uh, price with them, considering the situation.
1: Oh, there will be people probably. Yeah. Real at home. Only I minus know,
2: 120. but that's what I'm saying. I want to hear them, and I want to say why, and they'll say, and what would their argument be? Real Madrid at home, only minus one twenty, like that. <laughs> that's to me it's crazy. Um yeah. Why shouldn't I not I bet Nap- Napoli year? here?
1: it was a similar situation last year they they were playing Leipzig on the road. Uh th- that was on the road, but like they went to Leipzig in like a pretty flat spot. The group was kind of decided. And uh they were just bad. Like they came out and got pumped early and then like fought their way back into the match. I kind of think this is similar. And Napoli's fully healthy, right? Osimhen, Skellia played uh, over the weekend. So that's huge. Like, this Real Madrid team have been notorious slow starters. They don't defend anybody. Valencia was destroying them two weeks ago. I didn't catch any of the Cadiz match today. I haven't even looked at the box score yet. But I just love Napoli team total over first half here at plus 140. I think it's just short. I think at worst, like, the luck box Real Madrid attack, the good attack shows up and they score a couple of goals and, like, they're competitive and, like, they win this because... Napoli maybe isn't quite as good defensively as we thought, but Napoli scoring on this team, uh, and I think they could do it often. So I like I like the boys from Naples uh, first to f team total, and I did take some plus a uh, half, but the numbers come down a lot because of the uh, Venetia's injury news, uh, and, and Brahim Diaz also got hurt in warmups today, so I don't know if he'll be available. Not that he's like a key player, but like he does matter a little bit.
0: Can we talk about what happened with Napoli over the international break? Because they sacked Rudy Garcia and they brought in Walter Mazzari, which is like the Italian equivalent of Roy Hodgson. Like he has historically throughout his career been a 3-5-2 low block transitional type coach, which is just not how Napoli plays at all. Now today against, uh, or this weekend against Atalanta, they won 2-1 and it seemed like it was 4-3-3 typical formation and everything seemed to be the same. And I didn't catch the match. So I'm interested to go back and watch the highlights or, or rewatch the match to see what happened. But things could change at Napoli pretty drastically from a tactical perspective that makes me a little bit worried about them going forward. Um, We'll see. It could, uh, he could just say, you know, we're going to continue on with what uh, Spalletti and Rudy Garcia were, were trying to accomplish. But from a philosophy standpoint, it is a very, very different approach from Napoli. So um, we'll see if it continues, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to say the least.
2: And, uh, yeah, so, like I said, Madrid at the top of the table at 12 points. Napoli uh, pretty safely in second at seven. Uh, Braga and Union Berlin will likely be fighting it out for uh, Europa League. Braga, if they want to squint really hard, can say, oh, we still have a chance. We're still alive. Um, but to, to stay alive, they'll have to beat Union. Uh, They're hosting as a plus 120. Favorite Union traveling plus 210, and the draw is plus 260. I've got absolutely nothing here. Anthony.
1: Also got absolutely nothing. I didn't bet the first leg. It was a crazy back and forth. Didn't really have any strong takeaways. Not betting this leg. Also think Union, like, do they punt here?
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know. Do they have Bayern this weekend? I don't
2: know. They, I think they'd want to get into the Europa League. BJ, anything here? Union and, and Braga?
0: No, I felt very lucky to win the first leg with Braga uh, against Union and Berlin. So I'm going to pass your, on this Take one. your money and run. Take my- and run. I do show a little bit of value on Braga, but it's essentially going to be Braga's a ball circulation team going against a, what should be a three-five-two low blocker. I'm not really sure what Uyan's really going to play. RIP
1: or, Irish Fisher, by the way. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, no, no race Fisher. They tried, have <laughs> they tried to hire Raul. They tried to hire Raul from uh, Real Madrid-Castilla, uh, and uh, he said no. So uh, I don't really know what they're going to do at this point. So. I'd like to pass.
2: We can move on then to uh, another group and another team that has kept uh, PJ up at night. That's Sevilla. They are still alive, skin of their teeth here. They're plus one sixty at home hosting PSV, plus one sixty two. So essentially, pick them here, and the draw is plus two fifty. The way this group sets up, Arsenal the top, uh, nine points. PSV and Lens tied at five, and then Sevilla propping it up on two points. Another one I don't really have, uh, have much of an interest, though. BJ, you are leaning towards the uh, wayside.
0: Yeah, I like PSV drawn a bet at plus 105. I don't really understand why they're underdogs on the road here against yeah, Sevilla. In case people haven't noticed, uh, PSV is a perfect 13 for 13, the era to be say. They are averaging close to three non-penalty expected goals per 90 minutes. And what Peter Boss has done with this team is he's made them a much, much better pressing team. Their pass per defensive action has gone down significantly. They have more high turnovers. And I get that they have not played very difficult competition. And they have a huge match against Feyenoord coming up on the weekend. But in the first meeting between Sevilla, they kind of destroyed them. They controlled the match. They tilted the field on them at 73%, won the expected goals battle 2.6 to 1.3. And I just, I don't know what the market sees in the Sevilla team. And I don't know why they're not pricing them where they should be because of their underlying metrics. I mean, they are still a terrible defensive team in Spain. They are sitting 17th in non-penalty goals allowed. They can't defend in transition. They can't defend in set defense. And, What I found surprising, though, is Sevilla is actually the number one field tilt team in Spain right now. I did not know that. And so what has happened quite a bit is that they've had to defend in transition and they haven't been able to because other than Barcelona, they are the worst transition defense by final third to box entry conversion rate allowed. And what's happened when we come over here to the Champions League is that they've played teams like PSV and Arsenal who can control more possession and suddenly... And when they have to sit and set defense and they're not the ones tilting the field, they struggle. They took one shot against Arsenal and then came in stoppage time in their last match in the Champions League. So um, I do love though, when I'm on Twitter and people talk about the Sevilla team and say that like they're, I've heard European royalty get thrown around and say that they're very, so difficult to play in Europe. I'd like people to keep peddling that narrative around um, so we can get better prices against them because they are terrible and they're going to continue to be terrible. And we're on manager what like five in the last like year and a half, and things still aren't going well because they haven't won a match outside of the Copa del Rey against a team in the third division since September 23rd against Almeria, and they're at the bottom of the table. So PSV pick them plus 105 should not be run underdogs at Sevilla.
2: Uh, all right. The other the other match in this group is Arsenal and Lens. Uh, Bj, your your Gunners are laying minus 300 at home. Lens traveling. At seven one, and the draw is plus four fifty. It's uh, it's square. Is Arsenal just? Is, are we just gonna be betting Arsenal unders until Blind unders in, until point? they until they get to one and a half? And even at that point, are you still gonna be doing it?
1: I'm ashamed to say that I took Brentford Arsenal off the main screen and put the college game on because it was so painful to watch. And I put the I relegated Arsenal to the to the laptop Three points.
0: Top the table. Luck box? No, no, no sir. I, I did. See okay. Scott Willis. Scott Willis, Willis like, his
1: like XG charts after the game. For he's a R- R- good Arsenal follow. If you're a fan, at, at Scott J Willis, and I appreciate all the Arsenal fans going at him saying, "Well, how could you say we were lucky? We totally dominated the game, except for the three really good chances we handed Brentford." I'm like, "Well, wait a minute." <laughs> 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 um, I mean, uh, like, go back to the first match and like. This Lon's team is still is still perfectly fine defensively. Their attacking numbers are pretty mediocre. They they fluked a win against Arsenal in a game that probably should have been like a 1-1. One, one. Uh, both goals were just like insanely efficient quick strike transition from Lawn, which like they're not something they're particularly great at. And Arsenal totals at 3 against like average attacking teams It's just crazy. They're not scoring goals. Every attack is just circle the ball out wide, get it to Saka and then hope he can do something and like he had two really great balls. The ball to uh, who ended up getting the header? Trossard, uh, that was Vardov. That ball was great over the top. And then the ball to Havertz for the win. Like, great stuff. But they're getting nothing from Odegaard. And they're getting nothing from their midfield. And, you know, Matt Treby, our, our one of our editors and Arsenal fan, was like, oh, baby, we're starting Trossard in the midfield. Like, they're really going to turn up the attack today. And then they just didn't. I mean, it was just bad. Uh, they struggled their way to, like, 1.2 XG against Brentford. Uh Almost like all, three of their four best chances were like half half assed headers off of set pieces. So, yeah, I just don't really think that their attacks that good. So, yeah, blind unders, sure.
0: Yeah, three's too high. Uh, probably shouldn't be setting these totals at three.
1: You're, you're at, because what do you ask? If, if you're setting
2: the total at three, you're asking Arsenal to score tw- at least twice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't, I, d- mean, d- I, d- for I d- it d- to go over for, for it to get to like four goals, yeah, right.
2: Probably need three. Yeah, we need three, right. there was, and there was only. What team wants to goals. score three goals less than Arsenal right now?
0: Like, I, I feel like they'd be repulsed. If and they I had mean, Monz didn't really goals. do anything in the last match. It's like, there was a mistake in build-up, and they had a great finish, and then one transition attack, and that was pretty much it. So, I mean, Arsenal is just painfully controlling these matches, and guess what? It's working. Okay, they're, they're like winning these matches one nothing and or like two nothing. Yeah, pulling well, like uh, it. Yeah.
1: And not Trying to win a 38-match season with a bunch of 1-0s is...
0: But also putting up unreal, unreal defensive numbers also gets you to the point of winning the league, right? Because if you're a team like Tottenham right now who can't control a match to save their lives, then you're going to fall off the table. Or it's I don't know terrible. if you gets to control on match, you're going to fall off. Like, it's it's <laughs> painful to watch. I get it. But guess what? The defensive numbers are the best in Europe, so... Uh, I don't – I mean, again, Launce could score here and and that – but it's going to have to be off of like half an expected goal because I don't see how, you know, Arsenal's going to give up that big scoring chance. So uh, under three, minus 106. Yeah, just keep betting these unders. And this kind of feels very similar to the city unders from when – before they had Holland, when they just didn't have a a true striker. Funny enough, Gabriel Jesus was their striker. Um, Wow. But – you know what Gabby Jesus said before, after the Brazil match last year. I did. I did hear what he said. Scoring
1: goals is not my strength. Yeah. I love that. That is epic self awareness. I don't know if he
0: said scoring goals. He just said goals are not his strengths. Maybe he doesn't like setting goals. Maybe someone like me, who just, you know, doesn't like setting goals in life. Maybe like scoring goals, yeah. but
2: You want to live in the present. Do
0: you know what the question was? Because I don't know what the question was.
2: Day by day. Takes things one day at a time.
0: I just yeah, think I, I lost time. time in translation. I mean, I could make a goal to win every bet, but I'm not gonna do it.
2: Sociedad time, uh, they're minus one eighty eight, one eighty eight hosting Salzburg. Pass. <laughs> uh, they're traveling at five to one, and the draw is plus three thirty three. I've loved this Sociedad team. Um, I've talked to talk them up to potentially win the group before. We got uh, before we got into the uh, Champions League. I still love them, but I th- am always intrigued when. We see Salzburg come up uh, at these kind of prices, and especially when they're playing a team that maybe is a little inflated here and has n- like, yeah, they 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 they're going to want to top the group ahead of Inter, but uh, like they're through, like they they can kick their feet up if they want that. It's mission accomplished accomplished for uh, Sociedad. Um, meanwhile, Salzburg yeah. will will, will want to get into Europa League ahead of uh, the corpse that is uh, Benfica.
0: I well, don't. I
1: will say, this is the kind of match that steams down because Sociedad will rotate here, yeah. I think, and then we look at it and we're like, ah, oh, we should have taken the plus one, and then, then Sociedad wins like two nil. No, then...
2: I, I, I think, I think Salzburg's live here. Like of any of all the big underdogs on the slate, so I'm talking like plus four hundred line or higher, it's them by a mile.
0: The final day in this group is going to be much more fun than, than this round because you have essentially Salzburg and Benefica going up against each other for the Europa League and then Inter and Maybe. Batting out for the first place, which could mean a Maybe. lot for the group. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Salzburg, they've been in, let's just say, not great form uh, in Austria. Like, typically they dominate and run through everybody, but their underlying numbers in Austria are not as good as they have been in years past. So, there's just a pass for me at this point. It's just, I think it's one of the easier passes on the board.
2: Uh, I, I would say the same about Benfica and, and Inter. I, I think I'd, I'd want to bet Inter here, but I don't really uh, have much of an interest. Benfica plus 160, Inter plus 170. The draw is plus 240. Uh, Anthony, uh, you're the only one with a play here. Uh, so you can wrap up our marathon episode on Champions League Match Week 5.
1: Yeah, uh, what's the what's the European equivalent of one two three Cancun? Is it like one uh, two three Santorini? Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Ibiza, Ibiza, Ibiza. Well, when you but, leave, but yeah, then for it, them
2: it'll be like yeah, exactly. Like they'll want to go to
1: Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah, like, they'll want uh, to go to pretty, pretty sick. Yeah, the Amalfi anyway.
2: Coast maybe. Huh.
1: Yeah, well, that was Benfica against Sociedad. Canary Islands to visit road. Las Palmas. They
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: They had one of the worst efforts I've ever seen in the Champions League from a good team in their road match at Sociedad. Like, it was stunning. Like, just no defense. So how is this total 2.5 minus 110? Because Inter might rotate. Like, they could sit Taram. They could sit Martinez. They could go with, like, Alexis San- The ghost of Alexis Sanchez. But the close on the first match was 2.5 over minus 170. And I thought that was a little high. But, like, minus 110... Benfica doesn't play any defense. They're taking all kinds of chances. They still can score a little. I love I love the over two and a half here. I think it's way too low. So yeah, minus 110 over. I think, Ben. you know, we talked about this at the end of the season. Like totals tend to get pushed up in the market because teams defend less when there's low stakes. I mean, Benfica didn't give a shit last round. They're not going to give a shit now either. So uh, I like this over.
2: All right. That'll do it for uh, match week five, the penultimate match week of the Champions League group stage matches. For BJ Cunningham, Anthony DeBundo, and our producer Noah, I'm Michael Leboff. Thank you for listening to Wonder Goal. We will see you again Thursday morning uh, to talk more about the Premier League point deductions, uh, and and maybe we'll find another motivational spot of the year uh, for you to, to lose on. Until then, best of luck with all your bets.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly.